What does it mean to live differently? Hi, I'm Jenna. Welcome to the Simple Home Podcast. The real reason behind this podcast is to encourage you to live differently. In a society that tells us that more is better and busy is to be expected, I want to give you permission and tips and tricks to help you create a simpler home, simpler days, and cherished moments. Each week, we'll talk about decluttering, organizing, and managing a home. We'll talk about thriving in motherhood, slowing down, and cherishing the journey. Most importantly, we'll have real conversations with real moms who are choosing to live differently and finding joy in motherhood. Take the first step to simplifying your motherhood and head over to athomewithkids.com forward slash resources to find a free resource that's perfect for you in the season that you're in. And stick with me each week as we dive into these topics together. Well, hey there. Welcome to another episode of the Simple Home Podcast. In case we haven't met before, my name is Jenna, and I am so thrilled you're here with me this week. I'm so excited to bring you day two of the Simple Home Reset Workshop, which I have been doing live in a group with a wonderful group of people, and I just wanted to bring it to you as well so you could listen in and hopefully get a lot out of it. So day two was all about organization. If you haven't listened to day one yet, I suggest going back to that, listening to that because it's all about clutter and then coming back in and listening to the organization. Now, again, this was recorded live. The audio isn't as good and you may hear me talking back and forth about the comments or to people who were there live, but I think the content is great and I hope that you love it. All right, here is day two on organization of the Simple Home Reset Workshop. Enjoy. As we go, if you weren't here yesterday, just a little housekeeping stuff, um, I am going to answer your questions, so feel free to ask questions down there. Hello, hello. I see you guys in the comments. That's awesome. Um, So feel free to ask your questions, but I'm not going to answer questions until the end so that we can kind of get through the material. And as you think of questions, just go ahead and ask them and we will do that right at the end. Okay, so today is day two. I heard from many of you last night um, after day one about the progress that you're making. So I am so happy for you. I know it feels so good just to do one small thing. And hopefully as we go through this week, you will continue to build on that momentum. So I'm super excited. I also heard from several people that this is the day that they are most looking forward to is organization. So I'm excited that we are jumping in here as well. So I do hope that you took action yesterday. I hope that even if it was a small step that you remember that it's those really small steps that we do that build to make big changes in our life. Just think like where you would be one year from today if you made one small change every day for that year. You would make such huge progress. So sometimes we think about the big picture and we think, oh man, I've got to get all of this done. And we forget that that you can break that down into little steps. And so that is what I'm here for is to encourage you to to make some of those smaller steps and really get your house organized throughout the year. So super excited to jump in. Now remember, you don't have to do this overnight. If you're feeling like, oh man, I haven't even watched the first video, it's okay. And I don't expect that your whole house is gonna be decluttered 
overnight, okay? Lasting change really doesn't happen like that. It's not kind of all at once. Usually positive change happens from consistent action. So stay consistent, keep building on those small steps. And I want you to make a commitment to yourself today that you are gonna keep moving forward no matter how small those movements are, okay? And don't let yourself get derailed. I am kind of an absolute thinker, kind of an all or nothing. And so sometimes I start something and then if it doesn't, you know, if I have a day where I kind of lapse and I don't do it, then I'm like, oh, well, it was kind of a lost cause. I do not want you to do that. And I've worked really hard in my life to change that about myself as well, because it is, it's those just consistent movements. And if we miss a day, we miss a day and we, you know, pick it back up the next one. So you don't have to feel like it's all or nothing. I want you to make some small changes. Okay, so we are going to talk about organization today, but the reason I did decluttering first yesterday is because most people that I meet and they want to have this super organized house and they want to work with me to get that to happen, um, they want to start with organization and they want just, you know, to go out in buy the pretty tubs and to have this beautifully organized space. And I want that for you too. I really do. But I teach decluttering first because if you have excess stuff, stuff you don't care about, stuff that's just piling up, too much stuff for your space, then you can't be organized, okay? So we have to start there. We have to start with the amount of stuff that we have. And remember, that's different from everybody. Like I talked about yesterday, everybody has a different clutter threshold. So I'm not going to tell you, you can only have, you know, so many towels or spoons or whatever it is, or so many clothes in your closet. I'm not going to tell you that. But what I do want is for you to figure out what that is and work on your clutter. Now it's okay to move forward with organization and continue to go back to the clutter piece as well, because that is kind of the harder piece of this. And the organization is a lot of times fun because it makes our space feel better and look prettier. But I promise you, if you don't start with decluttering, you are going to be in this like organize and then reorganize and then move stuff here and then move stuff here. You're going to be in that cycle for a long time. I know this because that's where I was. I thought that I was like this master organizer because I bought all the pretty tubs at Target and I... You know, I even had, my husband would always joke with me because I had tubs in our refrigerator and I had all the little organizational pieces everywhere. But the problem was, is that they were really just like holding a bunch of stuff that we didn't even need. And we would just kept stacking them up and I kept moving them around the house. Like, oh, maybe they would work better here. And, oh, it feels like it's overflowing here now. So maybe they'll work better over here. And I kept moving everything around constantly. If you have ever felt that way, then give me a little emoji in the comments because this was me. And I know from working with so many people that this is them too. And so we got to get out of this constant organizing and reorganizing cycle. I'm just going to move this a little bit real quick. So what I want you to think about as we go through this today. Now, obviously organization is a huge topic, but I am going to give you a few tips that you can use to make lasting impact in your house. Um, But I want you to remember that organization isn't about everything like being beautiful and having these tubs. It's about everything having a home, everything in your house having a designated place. And again, if you have too much stuff, you can't have a place for everything, okay? So 
What it comes down to is having a designated spot for your things and then having systems in place to keep them there. Systems that work for you. One thing I never understood um, when I first started really looking at my house and trying to simplify was that everybody's organizational system and their style is different. I just thought that I was lazy, I thought I was just a messy person and I couldn't organize until I really started trying out some different systems. I would look on Pinterest and Instagram and I'd see these beautiful houses and beautiful pantries and I would think, man, why can't I keep mine like that? Why can't I do that? Am I just lazy? And I want you to know that you are not just lazy. Everybody's organizational style is a little bit different, okay? So organization is about having a designated home for everything and then putting a system in place to keep it there. And I bet right now you can think of areas in your home where you're like, oh yeah, that stuff doesn't have a place. So I just throw it on my counter or wherever it might be. It kind of just ends up somewhere because you don't have a place for it, okay? And you can have all those pretty tubs and spaces if you want, but sometimes we have all of those and we're still not organized. That was me. I had all this stuff and I still wasn't organized. I just had stuff thrown in there, stuff I didn't even need. And so, you know, you can kind of, you can kind of look super organized and not actually be organized. And what I want for you is I want systems that actually work and an organizational system that works. And of course, if you like pretty things, then we can, you know, you can buy the buckets and make labels and all of that. But just know that that's not the purpose. The purpose is to give everything a home, the stuff you love and that serves you, and to create those systems so that it will stay like that. Okay, I want to give you a little example before we jump into the tips of things you can do right now. I want to give you an example because I heard from so many people through email and Instagram DM about meal planning, that this was their biggest struggle. And I know that meal planning for me was a huge struggle. When I first started staying home, I felt like my new job was, you know, making meals for my family and cleaning my house and keeping up with everything. And I failed at it. Like I literally was just I couldn't do it all and we can't do it all because we don't have the systems in place. So let's talk about meal planning and our pantry for a second because it's not about just the getting the food on the table. Often what's really holding us back is the organization in our kitchen and the systems in our kitchen. So for example, if you come home from the grocery store and you have bags of food and you don't have a place to put them, you open your drawers and they're full, your pantry is already full, or you know chips are over here and stuff's just kind of thrown in, putting those groceries away is gonna feel like such a chore. There's resistance there. Anytime there's resistance and there's not an actual place to put stuff, you are gonna have a harder time doing it. So you need a system and an organization in all areas, but we're gonna stick with the pantry for just a minute. So you bring those groceries home, you don't know where to put them, you might kind of just throw them in, and then after you've shoved them, shoved stuff around to fit it in, it's time to create a meal plan or to figure out what you're gonna have for dinner that night and you look in there and it's overwhelming because your kitchen is so crowded and all that. So it's hard to get a meal on the table. Now it's hard anyway, but add in all that extra and it's so much harder. So if you've been searching for a meal plan that would stick and just trying to figure that out, it might not be that the actual meal planning itself is hard or cooking is hard. 
It might just be that you're, you have too much clutter and no organization in your pantry or your kitchen because it all kind of starts there. It's rooted in that. Even bringing the groceries in is harder if you haven't first done that. So one little tip I have for you as far as pantry organization goes, and of course, I wish I could dive into every area in your house, but we just have an hour today, but I am gonna give you this tip because this changed the way I did my pantry. And actually, we don't really have a pantry. I keep um, food in one of our cupboards, so it's two doors, you know, just a regular size cupboard. One above the stove microwave area, so it's like a shorter two doors. That's where we keep our breakfast items. And then we have one drawer that we keep the kids' lunch food in so they can pack their own lunches, and then the refrigerator. So we don't really have a pantry. We have a small space, like I said yesterday. So I've had to kind of make that work, but this is how I did that. And this will work whether you have a small space or a big space. One thing I started thinking about is how the grocery store organizes their food. So, you know, if you're grocery shopping and you wanna make a Mexican dish, there's most of the Mexican food items are in one area besides maybe the stuff that needs refrigerated, right? So the salsas and, you know, the taco shells and the beans and canned tomatoes, all of that's right there. So if you wanted to make a meal out of that, it's all right there. Now think about how that could work in your pantry. Rather than organizing all spices together, all canned goods together and so on, maybe you have a few favorite styles of food. Maybe it's Italian and Mexican and Chinese. I don't know, I'm just throwing these out there. But if you could organize your pantry in a way where, where most of the foods that you use often for those dishes, so for our family it's Mexican, we eat burritos and tacos and taco salad and all things Mexican every single week. And so in my pantry, I keep canned beans and canned tomatoes and salsas all right next to each other. And then, you know, I have tortilla chips usually in there and tortillas. So anything that I can use for those kinds of meals, I put together. And what that does is it not only keeps me very organized in my pantry, but it also makes meal planning and prep so much easier because if... If it's one of those days where I'm like, I just don't really feel like making what I thought I would or I have no idea what I'm gonna cook, I can look in there and be like, oh, I've got enough of these Mexican items to make quesadillas and you know put some fruit on the side or something easy. So that might be a tip that, that works for you as far as organization goes, but we've gotta rethink our spaces a little bit and do what makes sense. And so that's where putting the systems in place comes into play. You have to have systems that make sense. And we're going to talk about that more um, as we go today. I just wanted to give that little just idea because I know that that's a huge frustration for moms, for women, for anybody really trying to run a household. I don't know why we have to eat so often. I think that's the question I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven is, why couldn't it have been where we only had to eat like every five days? <laughs> you know, because this meal prep stuff every single day, three times a day or whatever is a lot. But that hopefully will help you kind of manage that a little bit and also just rethink it a little bit. I think we just do things the way we've always done them without really thinking it through. And that might be a way to rethink your space just a little bit. So let's go over just a few tips that are gonna have a lasting impact on your home. But also I want you to remember that it's not about creating just the prettiest organized space. It's about finding a home for things and creating those systems that are gonna work for you, okay? 
So the first thing I want you to understand is the difference between active spaces and storage spaces. This might be the biggest mistake we make in our houses and the thing that keeps us unorganized the most. So what this is, active spaces are those areas in your house where you go in and out of all the time. So our kitchen, our bathroom, you know, things are coming in and out. We're constantly using them. In those spaces, you want to only have things that you use on a daily or weekly basis, things that get used all the time because you are in those spaces all the time. So if you're still keeping your turkey pan that you pull out once a year for Christmas or Thanksgiving in your kitchen, you may want to rethink that and store it somewhere else in the garage or downstairs in the basement because you don't need it every single day and it's taking up valuable real estate. So think of all your space as just valuable space and you need the most of it for the things that you use every single day or that you do, you know, on a weekly basis. And you can kind of decide on this, but the other thing that we want to think about too is like our counter spaces. Your counters are very active spaces, especially in your kitchen. And we talked a little bit about decluttering them yesterday. And one thing I want to urge you to do is think about what is sitting on your counter. It might be your instant pot and your crock pot and your mixer and your coffee pot. Really look at those appliances and decide if you use them often enough for them to get to take up space on your counter because that is some of the most valuable real estate you likely have in your kitchen. So if you can get it into a cupboard instead, then that might be a better place for it. Now, one of those items for us is our toaster. I always thought a toaster just lived on the counter. That's where it was supposed to be, but we don't use a toaster every day. We don't even use our toaster weekly. So I found a place in the cupboard. We keep it there. And when we want to pull it out, it's right there. It takes two seconds to pull it out and it's no longer taking up space on the counter. Another thing just like this is like one of those stand mixers. We have a KitchenAid mixer. I love to use it, but I don't use it every day and I don't use it every week. And so it's big and bulky and it takes up a lot of space in a cabinet, but I'd rather it take up that space than the space on my counter. So you got to think about your active spaces and what things are living there. If they're actually things that belong in storage, then let's find a place to have them in storage, somewhere to store them. Okay, so the difference of a storage space then is just a space that you only have to get to sometimes, infrequently. This could be a closet or a garage or a shelf in your basement. Some of us don't have that. We actually use um, half of our closet space, like the tall area that you can't reach without a stepladder. That is for storage stuff. And then underneath we keep all of our clothes. We have two closets in our house. One is our linen closet in the bathroom. It's pretty tiny. Again, I use the very top shelf of that for just storage because I can't get to it easily. So it is stuff I don't need often. And then we have our closet in our bedroom that we use for everybody's clothes. It's a community closet. My kids and my husband and I all share it. So the very top of that is storage as well. Um, and so you can decide in your house, like where are the areas that I could use as storage? What's not the most valuable re real estate, such as the top shelf in closets where it's hard to get to, things like that. Those are the areas where you're gonna store stuff that you don't need as often. So again, I want you to understand active spaces versus storage spaces. And when we get off of this workshop today, I want you to take a little tour around your house and decide 
Where is my most valuable real estate? Where do we spend the most time? Where are people coming in and out, coming and going often, or things are coming and going often? So things like groceries or kids' backpacks or paperwork, things that come into our house all of the time and go out of our house all the time, those are active. They need to be in an active space. And we're going to set up systems to help keep them organized. So hopefully that makes sense and you can kind of visualize that in your head for your home a little bit because this is a big one where we can we can find some better space for things if we know the difference between those two things. All right, the second one I've already said, but that is that everything needs a home. And I truly think this is the most important thing when it comes to organization. If something that you have does not have a place to be, it's going to become clutter. And oftentimes when I really start talking to people where they're like, I just can't stay organized, why can't I stay organized? And we really get to the bottom of it, we realize it's because they don't have a place for things. They, they bring in the mail and they put it on their desk and then the next day they bring in more mail and it ends up on the kitchen counter and then they move it from the kitchen counter so they can cook and it ends up on their bedside table and then they move it from there and there's no place for it. There's no home for it. And I really want you to designate a home for every single thing. If there is a problem area in your house that's driving you crazy, think through it. Where could this stuff live? Or better yet, do I even need this? Do I want this in my life, in my space, taking up my time every single day? If not, it's clutter and let's get rid of it. If you do, it needs a home. Now, I'm a big one on boundaries. To give a home to things, um, having you know a physical boundary is helpful for you and it's helpful for everybody in your house to follow through. So for example, If water bottles are crazy in your house, like they are in my house, we went to one water bottle per person and got rid of all the extras. And now they have a little home. You could use like a placemat. You could use a plate. You could use a little square next to your kitchen sink, wherever you want it, but make it a physical space like a placemat where they know this is where my water bottle is going to live. Each night I can then throw those in the dishwasher and put them back in that place in the morning and no longer are water bottles all over the place. So if you give all your things an actual home, you are going to be able to stay organized so much better because the system is there for you. You know where it lives. So for instance, your keys, if you could hang one little hookup or maybe you put them in your purse every night right when you come in and you hang your purse up. Anything you can keep off your flat surfaces is often good. So you could, you know, hooks are great or shelves are great. Things that kind of put stuff away a little bit. But think about where you can have a home. If you have some problem areas right now, then likely you have things that don't have a home. Okay, so think through that a little bit. Once we get off this workshop, look for your problem areas and really think about how you can give these items a place to live. All right. Now, the third thing I want to tell you is that it has to make sense. Everything that has a home or every system you put in place has to make sense. All right, so if it's not easy, if if you have to lift a lid to file your paperwork or if you have to walk across the room to put something away that should be right next to the door, things like that, if it's not easy, it's not going to happen. We are just 
I think, ingrained that way. And some of us lazier than the others, like me. If it is not super easy, if there is any resistance to it, I will not put things back where they go. And I guarantee it's going to be harder to train your family if it doesn't make sense to them. So things like shoes and backpacks and purses that leave your house and come right into your house, maybe their home needs to be right by the door. I've even talked to some people about putting those things right outside of the door. If it's You know, if they're all over the place and you don't like it right in your entryway, if you could get a little outdoor box where your kids drop their shoes before they come in, that might be a great way to solve that problem. So everything needs a home. Now again, with the shoes, if your kids have 25 pairs of shoes and you're finding shoes all over your house, it might not be an organization thing as much as it is an excess stuff thing. Okay, so we have to we have to deal with the stuff first and then we're able to organize it better. So think through those things a little bit, but it does. It has to make sense. So think about your kitchen because that's where we spend a lot of time. If you're moving around your kitchen, where would be the best place to put your dish towels? Maybe right by the sink. Where would be the best place to put your pots and pans? Somewhere close to the oven probably or the stove. So think about how you're moving through your space and what you want that to look like. What's the easiest way to have stuff where it makes sense? And that should be the new home. And it is okay if you have to move things around. That's totally fine. If you've always done it one way and you're just stuck there and you're thinking, oh man, well, this doesn't really make sense, then just totally change drawers. Change them around until they do make sense. Even if it's not the natural thing that you would see in somebody else's house. Like when we go to a house, I always look for the trash can under the sink because that's where it was when I was growing up. It was always under the sink, right? Which is a pretty logical place for it. But if that doesn't work for you, if you usually have trash when you're next to the oven because you're cooking and you have food scraps and you peel stuff and whatever, and that's where you want it, if you want it next to that, maybe there's a cabinet you can put it there. So it has to work for you in your space and for your family. Otherwise, you're not going to stick with it. So your systems have to make sense and they have to be super easy. And the other thing is you have to train everybody else. Think of them as your employees. Once you've found a home for something and you've figured out the system for it, then you need to train people. When your kids come in, you need to show them your shoes are going to go here. Your backpack is going to go here. You're going to take out your stuff from your backpack. You're going to put it right here and then you're going to do your homework. And you're going to practice that over and over and over until they get it. And you're going to correct them when they don't get it. Kindly, of course, and it's going to take a long time to retrain, especially children. Um, But everybody in your house has to be on board or your system won't stay in place. If it's not working, like let's say two weeks go by and you've tried to train and train and train and you're still not even putting stuff where you thought, then you need a different place, you need a different home for it, or you need a different system, and that's okay. It's okay to tweak it and to go back and to do different things. All right, so as you're organizing and you're setting up these systems, don't forget to train everybody else in the house so that you don't get frustrated Or so you don't feel like, man, it just doesn't work. This just isn't working. We can't stay organized. It might just be that they don't know what you want them to do. So train them, show them where you want things to go, and designate a system. So I'm going to kind of give an example of a system. I really wish during this workshop I could like literally tour your house with you and do some of this for you, but obviously I can't. But 
I want you to understand, besides just having the place, that the system is really important. So I'm going to talk through one I think might be really relevant to a lot of us right now, which is kids' papers from school. If you don't have kids or you don't have school-age kids, think about the mail because it's very, very similar. Um, and that's coming into our house all the time. I know that paperwork is a big one for me, both mail and my kids' stuff. My daughter is a prolific artist and just like we get hundreds of papers a month that are drawn on and painted and all the things. And so not only does stuff come home from school, but she's constantly creating at home. And so paperwork could easily fill our entire house very quickly. And I bet you are with me on that. So let's think through that really quick. The first thing you have to do is just break it down. So as far as kids' paperwork goes, let's pretend they're going to a physical school. I know that's not the case for everyone, but let's just pretend they're going to a physical school and every day they bring home a folder from school and it has paperwork that they did at school. It has papers from you. It has flyers about fundraisers and all those things that are in it. And so you know that that's coming home. On top of that, they usually have homework or maybe important things that need to be, you know, taken back to school. So that's coming home in their backpack. Okay. So I, we got to break that down a little bit and first think, what do we want them to do right when they, you know, get in the car with their backpack or get in the house with their backpack? I like my kids to take everything out because otherwise by, you know, a month into school, we've got stuff like shoved <laughs> in the bottom of the backpack and there's snacks and there's crumbs and and everything. So every day we come in the house, we take it all out. So if that's going to be my expectation, they need a place to do that, right? They can't just do that in the middle of the floor. If they do, it's going to drive you crazy. So you need a place to do that. So maybe it's at the countertop. You want them to come to the kitchen counter and pull everything out. Or maybe you want them to go to their desk in the room and pull everything out. I choose the counter because I'm usually right there and I can go through it with them really quick. Now, one thing I have also done is I've trained my kids to get rid of anything that I won't need before I even see it. So if it's a flyer about a fundraiser or something that's happening at school, I know I'm also going to get an email. I do not want that paper. So as they pull stuff out, they automatically make a pile of stuff mom doesn't want to see. Um, you know, I, you do have to train them on this. My oldest one, he's in third grade. He's really good at this now. My younger one could accidentally throw something away that I need to, you know, sift through or sign or something. And so I usually look at her pile really quick and just make sure. But if you are going to get it as an email, you don't need the paper. If it's an event that you could put in your calendar right now, you don't need the paper. Okay. So they're going to come in the house. What are they going to do with everything that's in their backpack? I'm going to have mine, put it on my counter right there and go through it really quick. Anything that they're going to have to do for homework, Right then, they take and they put it at their desk because they're going to go and do their homework. Maybe your kids do their homework right there at the kitchen counter, so you can make a stack right there. Anything that gets recycled goes in the recycling right then. Anything I have to sign, I sign right then, put it back in their folder, and then everything goes back in their folder, gets hung up, where so they hang their things up right by their desk is where we have them. And so it's packed and ready to go except for the homework piece. Once they're done with their homework, that goes right into their backpack and hopefully it's ready for the next day. That is my system, but it might not work for you. You're going to have to figure out the best system for you. 
but you have to think about the big picture first and then break it down into little tiny steps. And once you've done that, you can train your kids and train yourself to make it a habit so that you no longer have to think about it. They'll just know they come in, they empty it all out, you go through them really quick, they put it away. Um, you might be working out of the home right now and you don't see your kids until maybe five o'clock or six o'clock and they do homework at an after school club. And that could be the case too, or maybe at grandma's. So you need a system for that. Maybe they take their homework out of their backpack at grandma's house, they do it, they put it back in their folder to return to school, and when they get home with you, you can pull that folder out, check their homework, and grab the rest of their papers. It's gonna kind of change depending on who you are and you know what works best for you, but once you have the system in place and you do it over and over, it becomes a habit and things stay organized. What will happen is if you don't do it and then there's papers built up for a month or two months, you're gonna have a backpack full of stuff and it's way harder. Now you have all this clutter. It's harder to go through, it's harder to organize, and it's harder to teach a system. So that is what I mean by a system. Have a place for things and know how you're gonna get it there and what you're gonna do with the stuff, okay? So that is a lot, but I want you to choose one small area in your house today. Remember, it's small steps and that is fine one area that you feel pretty good about, like that you know that there's not a ton of clutter. Maybe it's just a drawer or a shelf or it might be a whole room or a cabinet. I don't know, but one area where you're like, okay, this is you know just our eating utensils and I don't need to get rid of any of them. I've got what I want. There's no clutter here. Choose one area you feel pretty good about and I want you to decide is it an active space or is it a storage space? And if it's a storage space, you're gonna go about it with just storage items. If it's an active space, you're gonna go about it with just active items. So then you have to rehome things that do not belong. Give them another home. Now you might not know where to put them, right? Either they're clutter and you need to get rid of them, or you just aren't sure yet where to put them in your house, which is totally understandable. Um, and if that's the case, remember we started that basket, like that rehome basket yesterday with decluttering, Put it in there and as you go through the process you're going to find a place to put it but put it in there get it out of your space for now so rehome the items that don't fit and then make a home for each thing that's there so let's use that utensil drawer again as an example if you're doing your utensil drawer maybe your big spoons have a you know a little organizer box or something that they can go in and all your eating utensils have one of those eating utensil organizers. Whatever it is, make a home for everything. You don't need anything fancy. I use Tupperwares, I use boxes that we've gotten from things. I find little, you know, e even just flat pieces of paper cut and set on the bottom, so it's like a color boundary, will work too. Anything you need to do to give it a designated home so that you know every time I'm gonna put this right back here, will work. It doesn't have to be fancy or beautiful and you don't have to go out and buy new things. You can use what you have in your house because I promise you have more than you think you do. All right. And then I want you to create a simple system if you need one to keep those things where they are. Create the system and try it out. Try it out. Train your kids. Train your family. Maybe it's just water bottles or just backpacks or whatever. Make that designated home. Figure out you know what the system's gonna be to put it back there, such as ours is, my kids put it there when they get home from school, I wash it at nighttime um, in the dishwasher, in the morning we pull it back out, put it out for school. So 
you know, some systems are just like one or two steps, but figure out your system and then try it out. Try it out with your family and see how it goes. All right. So I feel like I rambled really, really fast today. I wanted to throw in as much as I could. I know these are kind of short workshops, but I hope you got a ton out of that and you have some ideas how to make your um, space even better for you. And remember, if you'd like to hop into the Simple Home Reset Mentorship Program at any time to get a little extra support, um, you can do that by going to athomewithkids.com forward slash simple home reset. You can always just email me too and ask me questions. I'm Jenna at athomewithkids.com. Feel free to email me. Feel free to message me on Instagram um, and just let me know what you are looking for help with and I will let you know if the program's right for you or if there's other options or even if I can just answer some simple questions for you. All right. I hope you have a blessed week and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for joining me on the Simple Home Podcast this week. It truly is a blessing to have you here. If you've been enjoying this podcast and found encouragement here, can you take a moment to leave a rating and a review on iTunes? This is how podcasts grow and how they reach larger audiences. And I am so thankful to get to work with so many women and spread this message. So if you have a moment, head to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. I love to read what you have to say, and I might just spotlight you on an upcoming episode. Also, if you think a friend could use this kind of encouragement, go ahead and share it with them. Tell them about the podcast. Tag me on Instagram with a picture of you listening. Whatever we can do to encourage more women to live differently. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week.